a show about transgressive cinema through a trans lens. My name is Aoife Josie Baker. And I am Louise Ward. And we're we're back. Yeah, the okay. The is back. So the last two movies we watched killed us, and then we just didn't post the episode for a while because we knew we were taking a hiatus. So, I mean, it would have made more sense if we posted that episode, then took the hiatus, but I was working so much, I literally just, like, did not have the time to post it. Yeah. So now you're getting, like back-to-back back after we've had the, like, de-stressor break after two <laughs> movies that, like, fucking broke us. And, like, I, I would say we weren't, like, broken by regurgitated as much as we were broken by dead hooker. Yes. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there, there's something about watching movies like that where it's, like, for me personally, <laughs> who was making movies this, like around the same time and never got any success, <laughs> and I watch a movie like Dead Hooker in a Truck, and I'm like... What happened? And you show it to someone who's like a complete stranger to that scenario and they're just going like, what? Yeah, and I'm like, what? yeah, no. IFC Midnight picked this up. Yeah, <laughs> we're, This was a huge deal. We're not being mean to the Saskas. We said... I mean, you said we weren't going to be explicit. I'm not. No, I, I, I no. still like the Saskas, even though they're, they're, they're darling little angels. Um, but yeah, let's uh, continue with trans panic our podcast about fucked up movies and i think i showed you two like actually great movies this week yeah yeah we were back on fun uh kind of fun by our standards yeah i would say so i mean like like the first movie we watched this week was shows in fukoi's 1991 masterpiece size uh, feature debut uh 964 pinocchio yes which um is <clears throat> To me, what was really fascinating is when I was talking with my buddy Will at the Music Box, I didn't realize that 964 had kind of had this cult resurgence on TikTok, where yeah. like Zoomers are like, were going out to the screening at the Music Box the week before Computer Hearts screened. And like, they had like a seriously huge turnout for 964 Pinocchio, like yeah. a movie that's like long out of print, like um, Unearthed Films had put out those like, kind of like, those DVDs that didn't have the best scans on them. Like, I, I think there's a Blu-ray available now that I got to pick up, but like, it is shocking to me that a movie that back in the day was so obscure that when someone like one of my favorite stories is like um my old professor robin who's now like the festival director at tiff um she was like having this japanese cinema course and at the end of the semester she had like an, a free space for people to suggest movies <laughs> and i remember this like metalhead alt boy in the back yeah being like rubber's lover and robin <laughs> looks at me and is like Louise, do you know what this movie is? And I was like, don't worry, I have it on DVD. <laughs> we didn't watch it in class, but that, hmm. if he had talked, like, I, yeah. I had said, like, that'd be a good one, but I think we ended up watching something a little bit more, like, highbrow yeah. or, like, like whatever. But, like, if we had all sat down as a class <laughs> and watched Rubber's Lover, that would have been sick. Because that's, that's his follow-up to 964. Okay. Yeah. And it's, like, stark black and white more sexy nice. and fucking weird and like has all this like weird bdsm bondage cyberpunk imagery yeah it is a fucking wicked movie we'll watch it eventually i'm yeah. sure but well, but starting with 964 like you know fukui had like made all these like really crazy anarchic shorts like caterpillar mm. is like probably like the, the best mm. classic one of them and then you know he gets he, he puts together his feature debut yeah. and it's like it's a masterpiece of visual filmmaking and, and, and falls in the same vein as something like Tetsuo. Like, as a matter, mm. matter of fact, Fukui <clears throat> was on the crew for Tetsuo. Okay. I, I think I remember reading somewhere that he was, like, the assistant director or mm. something like that. So he was definitely, like, 
shadowing what Tsukamoto was doing. And I think that he internalized the approaches to visual storytelling and this idea of like abstract narrative storytelling where you don't need to explicitly state the plot. You can just kind of like make a movie based on vibes and like this like aggressive style because the thing I think is most clear to point out is like 964 Pinocchio is not Tetsuo. They are yeah. vastly different movies stylistically. Yeah. Fukuoka is his own like exemplary filmmaker. Like he he does his work in such a particular way. Yeah. And I think that you can really like absorb what makes him special even just from watching one of his films. Yeah, and you brought up that it was a it's becoming kind of a TikTok movie and that feels so perfect now that I've seen it because it is so stylized. You can take any individual snippet of this and just like loop it and it would be a perfect vibe. Like it, the, the, the shots are so pretty and everything moves so fast. I can completely see how like that demo of people who are just like information overload. I want subway surfers to be scrolling in the bottom corner of the screen core like how that audience just would just like cling directly to this because it's gay and it's weird and it's hot and it's just immaculately shot yeah and like excuse me um one of the things i think is so special about like the way that that like demographic is now absorbing these underground films is it it does feel similar to like when i was a kid and it's like Hmm. my outlet was going on like the imdb message boards and that was kind of like my search engine to see people sharing these movies and then exploring right whereas nowadays like they say tiktok is like the biggest search engine for that generation except like like, like, extremely shitty at that because it's all algorithmically it's algorithmically driven but like if you're like if you type in like you know like weird movie or something yeah the fact that it is like also crowdsourced content yeah you're kind of getting a unique perspective and i think like Will had asked someone who was like at the screen who was like this young Zoomer couple like yeah. what brought you out to the movie and it's like oh well you know like we're crossing off like a list of weird movies and like we just hit yeah. 964 Pinocchio I'm like I'm so happy that that like attitude has like now been embraced and we're seeing a lot of young people who are like interested in this sort of underground movie and totally one of the things I think is special about a movie like 964 Pinocchio yeah. is it does feel exceptionally modern because yeah. it has the fast style it has like the cool post-apocalyptic sort of like yeah. cyberpunk aesthetic mixed with like real life which i think is like very modern thinking in terms of like yeah. how to approach these sorts of like yeah. low budget like weird core movies yeah. and on top of that i think the movie's like exceptionally queer as well yes. which i think yeah. plays into like that sort of audience being like oh this is something that's like really cool and interesting right and queer in unconventional ways where it's like not just like the literal gay sex that is in the first 30 seconds of the movie yeah but like you know uh but to like this character who is this sort of like weird deformed genderless like creature that gets like you know that that's trying to find its location in the world and that gets keeps getting put in these sexual scenarios that like locate it but it's just so washed that it doesn't even have that i feel like if i was like 15 and non-binary i feel like i would relate to that a lot well exactly and not like the whole kind of structure of the movie like like just trying to go on the vibes of the visual storytelling yeah is you know like he's he's uh, this like tabula rasa yeah with who's impotent then his like penis awakens, which causes yeah. this like transcendental transformation yeah. that also impacts this girl who's been trying to fuck him. Yes. And then the two of them both start to like physically transform. Yeah. And at the end, 
she's like, take my face. And yeah. like, he ends up like putting her head on and they become one being. Yeah. Like it is like, you could kind of have like a trans or like non-binary sort of reading one... to the film. Like it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're trans panic. So of course we're going to take yeah. that lens to something it's... like this. Tetsuo's very similar in terms of his homoerotic yeah. um, undertones. Yeah. Like I find Tetsuo to be like just peak queer cinema well and the like <laughs> the like kink queer inherent yeah. like crossover there of just like any kind of like outsider sexuality well and and, and it's interesting because like tetsu ends with like the two boys fusing into one entity yeah whereas this film it's like the guy taking on the girl and then like the, they're both sharing his yeah. body together which i think is like really cool i'm yeah. like really into that um yeah. personally and maybe that's why that movie connected with me so strongly like yeah. 10 years ago when i first saw it well and that's why like non-binary is the phrase that immediately springs to mind because it's like failing at all genders like well and even the the uh hiraku the the girl character yeah. Like, she's kind of dressed in a very, like, like 90s butch sensibility, right? Totally, like, she's wearing yeah. the fucking military gear. Yeah. She's a sort of, like, just, like, street urchin who's yeah. just, like, you know, just a, an observer on the world, right? She's the kind of girl where if this was 10 years later, there would have been a bunch of buttons on her cab. Yeah, the, like, exactly. The, Talia girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Oh, God. Not a, not a lot of those in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but then, like... You're looking at one. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I think that the movie, like, works really strongly, too, because, like, you could talk almost about this, like, this queer filmmaking style, too, right? Yeah. Because, like, you look at the cinema of the 90s and the early 90s, you have the the queer underground has such an aggressive filmmaking style. Like, you look at, like, Greg Rackley's movies, like, yeah. especially, like, Doom Generation, or, like, you look at a movie like Tetsuo, which is late 80s, or, like, this, like... The, the filmmaking is like a very aggressively shot and edited. And also there's like a big element to all these films, which is like scaring the normies. Yeah. Um, which is like, you know, going out in the world and just like shooting something fucking crazy. Like that goes yeah. all the way back to like, you know, like John Waters was doing that. Yeah. Troma was obviously doing that at the same time. Like it's, it's it's really pure filmmaking. Yeah. Like like let's get an actor to go and like do something truly unhinged in a yeah. public place. And and I respect the shit out of that. Like to me that's like the heart of the underground. It's like, oh, I don't have money to do like a big crowd scene or do this or that. I'm gonna go do it for real and yeah. like make someone go do something completely fucked up. Like when she's just like throwing up in the subway over oh, and over gosh, and people yeah. are just kinda like you see like yeah. the odd per they must shot like middle of the night, like just yeah. trying to get away with it. And like you have like the odd passerby with like fucking like running their errands and just like looking over it's so good i gotta say as far as the the amount of like real vomiting that we've seen on this show some of the most like athletic real vomiting i've ever seen like just the 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 retching the the effort that goes in how much like you can tell like she ate a bunch of like oatmeal or something immediately beforehand to get it to the same consistency as like the prop puke and how hard she's pushing for it it's just it's magical it, it is really good <laughs> i i have a lot of respect hmm. for for the I, I like it because like I got a good sympathetic puke in there because like nice. she eats the puke after yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was the thing that yeah. gets me. Yeah. I'm always fine with the body fluids until someone like swallows Tell it, them. Gets swallowed. Like Tell I was reading Allison's new book yeah. and it's like I can handle anything in this except for like someone drinking piss. That's yeah. like 
that was the same thing with regurgitated. I threw up during the piss drinking. It's just like, and that's the stuff that gets the, the that gets me going. So. No, I know it's like it's like someone can piss up, like use me as a urinal all you want, but the thing is, is that like like the swallowing, I'm gonna throw up, like yeah. which I like. Yeah, you know, so that's good. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, so it's good. So I'm happy we've continued our tradition of like gross vomit, yeah, horror movies, and like yeah. I think think one more thing we're talking about is like just how good the like. DIY special effects are in oh this. Oh my like, god! The like it it literally turns into like a, like I love that it's in the tradition of like what's kind of set up in Tetsuo, which is this like little kaiju movie, yeah. and it's like the ending of this like turns into like like you yeah. were actually making comparisons to Power Rangers while we were yeah, watching yeah 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 the the bad guy the 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 like lesbian cop lady reminded me of Rita Repulsa with just how big and like frayed her hair is um and, and how just completely over the top that performance is um i um i i love the gore in this movie also it's so sparing like the shots that are like the the really nasty gore shots they always just cut in and cut out so fast that you you don't get that moment that we always have where you know the stomach gets pulled out or whatever like you get to see the effect too close yeah that moment never like, happens. Everything looks so it's real. It's so clear. And, like, and, and and it's also handled in a subtle way. Like like the gore when the guy gets uh when Pinocchio shoves his hand through the guy's yeah. chest, you have like you linger on it and yeah. like the pain of it for a second, he pulls out, and then you hold on his reaction and then you get the great explosion burst of yeah. gore. It's like it's like so smart in how it's like handling it. And, and yeah. it really does fall into this like anime inspired tradition right which i think is like yeah. super cool same with actually you know going all the way back to like yeah. a kurosawa film you have like toshiro mifune like doing the fucking like sword hit yeah walk away blood burst right yeah. that's like the classic yeah. fucking like like japanese maneuver and like i just think it's so cool it's always cool yeah and especially when you put it in like a hand-to-hand -hand combat like pinocchio like fucking like shooting across this like huge field just like like obliterating these people it yeah. rocks it's so fun yeah um yeah no and with like how stylized the violence is kind of just feeds back into this idea that comes up in like a lot of cyberpunk work with like the hyper real where like this character is so fucked by their set of circumstances has been so like jumbled up internally and by technology that like they just experience the world as this like horrific cartoon well that's and, and, so like, good in like the conv or the scene where they go through the grocery store yeah. or the shopping mall you yeah. know and you have it, it's kind of fun because you can see the lineage between films like this and then yeah. saying like like you know like my buddy peter's movie assholes right yeah. like that has the same thing where let's go be like fucking crazy degenerates yeah. in a department store. Like, yeah. I just think that's, it, it's the heart of what these movies are yeah. about. You know, it's, it, it's so good. It's all a big public humiliation ritual. Yes. And it's all just a way to chase something. Just like that hedonistic drive. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and I think one of the best things about 964 Pinocchio is that his heart's this like love story between two fucked up people. Yeah. And it even ends with this moment where like them as the single entity go and see the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. It's like and they're like, oh yeah, like look at where we're at. We're we're here together. And yeah. it's like it's it's sweet. It's like all told very visually. And it's like, you know, it's 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 a movie about like kind of getting over your sexual repression like yeah. and and then like 
once you get over that, then you can like form a bond with another person. Yeah. Like that's really like what I feel is like the sort of theme of the film if yeah. we're going to get at it. Or it's like, well, yeah, because there's sort of like we were talking about there's two sort of central aspects of like a Pinocchio story where it's like the one is the becoming the real boy, the like coming of age, like feeling like there are things that you you need to step towards. And then the other is the like sort of corruption that you experience on that path. The uh, and, and like different Pinocchio stories just handle each aspect of that differently where it's like what is the what is the coming of age and what is the like dark societal force that that leads you astray off of it. And for this it's really focused on that first half in this like really like like pre-sexual kind of way where it, it is this is definitely the becoming a real boy story yeah and so much of the um like aspect of that i think is interesting is when he goes back to the lab yeah he's he's going for help right <laughs> because it's like he's still innocent in yeah. these moments and like the like he's never there for revenge mm. in particular it's, yeah. it's almost like when he kills the dude at the end because he doesn't kill everyone at the lab or anything like that he just yeah. kills the one dude who's hostile towards and there's yeah. kind of this like self-defensive like childlike yeah. atmosphere to almost it almost frankenstein like yes absolutely yeah, very yeah. frankenstein um which i mean like i guess you could say like pinocchio and frankenstein are very similar in terms of their like central yeah like inciting uh, setup, in, in terms right? of like oh god i exist yeah my exactly. existence is a mistake <laughs> yeah yeah and and one thing i just need to talk about yeah the scene when he is strapped to the fucking boulder and he runs it all across fucking whatever their city is oh, is like yeah isn't that like one of the greatest things ever put the, to uh, camera like the, it's fucking amazing the shots in that crossing just you feel the exhilaration of shooting it so hard like you just like it feels like pure freedom it's like how did no one go to jail for this like is the feeling like how did how does this world allow something so beautiful to exist yeah and that's that's why we do the pod because i i think there is something mm. with the sublime in these types of movies yeah where it's like watching these films challenge so much your own sense of like risk and danger and what you're willing to do yeah. and seeing someone who like you know transgresses those boundaries yeah. and actually does it and makes art yeah. in a way that you're like i can't believe they pulled this off yeah i don't know how they pulled this off yeah. that's where like the sweet spot is and like there's some shots in this movie where i'm just like i don't even know how you did it yeah. like it, it it is that classic like you know sh like you know you're shooting on film back in the day people knew how to do freaking cool tricks yeah. in camera and it's just always impressive to me yeah <laughs> no, and just like the lighting and the blocking of things is so consistently good at just turning these very like small simple sets that you can kind of like get a sense of the geography of and just flipping it on its head. There was that one shot um, of kind of the two levels in the little hovel where they stay where the spot there's like a spotlight shining up from the bottom end to the top end and it turns into this like stage yeah no it looks and a lot so... like Simon lang's the hole or something like that where you're like you're adding this like almost like musical type quality to yeah. this like really grimy dirty space yeah and, like i just there, there's something about doing that that is just so visually 
brilliant. And, yeah. and one of the things I love about this movie, I don't know if it's just because of, like, Unearth's, like, like master that yeah. they use on the discs, but, like, so much of this movie is, like, just darkness. Yeah. Where, like, you have, like, you're, you're only seeing the impressions of certain yeah. things. And I don't know if it's, like, a muddy scan or something <laughs> like that that, like... If I watch the Blu-ray, I'd be like, whoa, it's like I've never seen the movie before. <laughs> kind of like when I rewatched like Santa Sangre and was like, I didn't know the movie looked like this. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean. Um, but when you get into those like deep yeah, blacks. Yeah, the, the deep blacks. The and, and that's something that you can do and, yeah. with film that's always been kind of hard to pull off with digital. And it's like, it, it does look remarkable to have that like level of contrast going yeah. on. And, and scenes like that spotlight scene when he's like up on the like yeah. raft or whatever are just like so beautiful. Yeah. And and especially like getting those getting those gorgeous blacks, getting those gorgeous like single color hard light schemes in these shots that are so like chaotic, so handheld, so like clearly like improvised on the part of the actors like in the shot is just like it, it it's this magical, like, it's this magical balance between, like, freeform and composition. That Absolutely. Just, you, you, it's so hard to tell what is and isn't in well, control. And on top of that, I think one of the most impressive things is um, the, the fact that they also have these amazing locations to use. Like, one of the yeah. first shots in the movie is that, like wall covered in air conditioners oh, outside yeah. of the apartment complex and stuff and you're it just like, like skin yeah like it, it, it there's so much texture to like yeah. the way it represents the city and like using like you know like satellite or um sorry um like antenna Fans. towers and all these like sort of things yeah to like add to the cyberpunk post-apocalypse like yeah. it's like it's it's kind of saying like the apocalypse is now like we're yes. in the cyberpunk apocalypse yeah. and i think that's really cool yeah and and definitely lends itself to how we've been discussing like the modern underground as yeah. like this this reckoning with the apocalypse like yeah. i think that movies from this period like if we if we do like a broad stroke yeah. of like weird underground cinema from like the late 80s and early 90s you can kind of say this is people realizing we're in the post history moment we've hit the yeah. apocalypse and people are kind of imagining it in these sorts of exciting yeah. ways of like, oh my god, it's the apocalypse. Let's embrace yeah. it. Let's be abrasive and yeah. crazy and make these like looting the ruins. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like like you look at this or maybe like Doom Generation. Yeah. Um, like those are films that are like, we are in hell. This is yeah. the fucking apocalypse. Let's cause some chaos. Yeah. And then you get to like the modern sort of underground movies that are now like thirty year, twenty or yeah. thirty years removed from that, and it's like we face the limits of what that means yeah there's and now we're like in this like very nihilistic period very like dry ironic joke that yeah. is your life well like yeah like actually would you say like <clears throat> movies from like the 90s have like a nihilistic approach whereas nowadays maybe it's more cynical like yeah because uh, or, or 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 is it just different responses it's, it's, to nihilism i think it's different responses to nihilism because it's like a hedonistic approach on the one end versus like a uh kind of like dejected joke on the other where it's like in one of these you're going for you're going for like <coughs> pleasure and romance and like fantasy um within what once you realize that there's kind of like no hope for the rest of your life <coughs> <laughs> and then the other and then on the other end it's it's like it's like oh no there's actually not even room for that anymore 
and I guess all you can do is laugh. Well, it's actually kind of interesting because you look at like the earlier mm. films in, yeah. the, in 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 the underground, and like there's kind of this like liberation of like sexuality. Like a lot yeah. of the films are about liberating yeah. like these sort of like degenerate sexualities, yeah. right? And then you get to a more modern approach and movies don't really have sex in them anymore yeah. because people are like afraid to do that or something. And because you've like neutered them, it's like, 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 I don't think any of the modern underground stuff we've really watched has had much sex in it. Right? Not really? Not really. And like, I think that there's something to that in terms yeah. of like, that is meaningless too. Like, yeah. now. whereas like a lot of these other films are really just about like, getting too horny to yeah. like, like, like the response to the apocalypse is to get really horny about it yeah um whereas now it's just like i i don't have the time i don't have the energy i don't even have the money to fuck i'm like and people are so disconnected like, yeah right, yeah too. it's like it's isolation it's uh, uh atomization that that kind of occurs with uh, again, just like spending every single second of your life just working towards survival. Um, and, and it's art that is reflective of exhaustion with survival, uh, with with being in survival mode. I mean, um, with those, I mean, in addition to our second film, which I don't want to move on to yet, I feel like we've got some more Pinocchio content. Okay. Um, the... Um, all Jacked Up and Full of Worms is so that, too. That was... Uh, I remember when we came out of that, which we're going to do on the pod someday, so I don't want to blow all of our material on. But, like, that was, a mo that was a movie that we walked out of going, like, oh, this is, like, a fucking nightmare existential crisis about how you're never going to have kids and drugs will never make you forget that you will never be able to have kids. Yeah. It, 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 um, it, and, and it's, like, a failing of, like of society yeah right? it's like it's like oh i'm in the mm. po uh post-apocalypse i am i i'm incapable of fulfilling the like expected role that was yeah. like always passed down and now i'm like trapped in this like neoliberal hell and like it's it is like really fascinating yeah in well aspect and, and that's when we talk about gender failure in pinocchio yes. that's the same that's the same thing it almost has this prescience about where things are headed and how, how how like dull that's going to be in a lot of ways like when you look at you know where he comes from he comes from a like a a um, an institutional background he comes from a medical background it's it's bureaucrats yeah. who are hunting him down they're bureaucrats who are dressed like power rangers characters yeah. because it's the future yeah. but um or or a side to the present or yeah whatever. like it's it's interesting and you know it's I funny thought it was the future just because of the costuming honestly i, I don't know the costuming's know. so cool um but like i was like oh they're just doing the costumes to tell us it's the yeah future. I, I always thought it was just like an underground lab on the outskirts because i feel like yeah. a lot of like cinema like crazy thunder road or like any yeah. of that stuff from the period it's like Oh yeah, no. There's this underground, like, weird subculture that we yeah. don't like engage with. That's like full of people who are like having crazy yakuza battles with like giant <laughs> swords and shit. Like, you know, yeah. like, that's like that's the yeah, or like Ichi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, 
it, it is interesting talking about like the gender failure expression because like we definitely see that in some modern underground stuff as well for sure um, i mean like actors is like a yeah. perfect example about how it switched from like the medicalization of yeah. like gender failure into this more like modern like uh, response to ennui like yeah like <laughs> the, the, like the psychology ification of you know just getting into like uh, of of like gender failure as a mindset yeah <laughs> um which can be taken on and off like any other um yeah the art of self-defense was the other one that i was uh, that we were just talking about riley stern's uh, yeah movie is also 100 percent about this of just being like okay I'm supposed to be a man now, and that entails doing a lot of horrible, horrible <laughs> shit. <laughs> exactly. Which I think is a perfect segue into our second film. Which is? Which is? Joel Petroikas' 2014 masterpiece, Buzzard. What's the tri Animals trilogy? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to provide a little like context for the the filmmaker for the the, the era we're looking at? Because I know like the, the 2010s. It's so funny because it like I feel like the more you describe it to me, the more there's like these one to two year niches that things sort of slide through. So like, yeah. So I mean, like Petroikas has been making movies since like you know the start of like all of the filmmakers we've kind of covered yeah. so far. Like since around like 2009 2010 yeah. so like the animal trilogy that fits into is uh coyote ape and then buzzard okay which it's are... the conclusion yeah I, okay. I believe it's the conclusion i think ape okay. came uh came before yeah ape came two years before okay. so like um like the <laughs> all of his movies are about disaffected men who are kind of like really <laughs> fucked up man children yeah. who are crazy yeah and are responding to this like really bad place they're at in like in terms of like their social life or like yeah. cultural life that they they explode yeah. you know like they they go out and do something crazy i mean i love petroikas i think he's like <laughs> one of our best filmmakers like i i got to see one of his his new movie at fantasia thing by the factory in the field or whatever mm. um and like that movie rocks so hard it's about like a bunch of like metalhead kids who are like out fucking around in this like field by this factory and then see this like monster crash land and they go over to the to the monster and they're all just like trying to dare someone to like take a bite out of it <laughs> like because they're just like fucking dumbass like dirtbag teenagers um but like he definitely like gets this idea of like depicting the this like subcultural response to the apocalypse um, where, like, all of his movies, like, always have, like, something to do with, like, retro video game culture. Yeah. Like, like we yeah. were kind of joking about how the character Derek he plays in this is, like, the angry video game nerd. Yeah. Like, where it's just, like, <laughs> this dude is just, like, yeah, I've got my my fucking party zone downstairs bring your own controller <laughs> like it's like it's so good I, and i love that like I, I love that the literal first line of the movie is persona 4 uh, and then all of the nes games that they play are all made up and they're just talking about them like children would yeah where it's just like oh I got to level 10 last night. I got to get to level 10 again tonight. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like it's when you get the two of them together in the party zone, it, it does just capture this like actual boys energy that like I was going Aww, out loud at multiple points 
during this like fucking disgusting like depressing movie like yeah where they're just eating bugles and drinking copious amounts yeah. of mountain dew and just like fucking around coming with game. like yeah. the best scene in the movie is when they're doing the bugle game where he's yeah. dro- dropping the bugles in the guy's mouth <laughs> i i genuinely thought he might like kill him that way <laughs> in that scene I was it's like, so funny i was like wait no, you can't die from that. Um, yeah, <laughs> you could just pull up your head. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it's this—it's this depraved hedonistic culture, kind of of the early two thousands, that sort of gets uh, that sort of congeals into uh, guys who are like trapped in amber, where like you know they're they're just sort of the jobs pay about the same as they did non-adjusted for inflation 20 years ago and uh, the the people doing them are vastly more psychologically broken uh, and the uh yeah and, and the video games are exactly the same yeah because it's, it's no a, culture it's, it's has occurred yeah, it's like an arrested development thing yeah. it's like it, it is i mean like like mm. Probably like my favorite film Petroikis is, is like is Relaxer, mm. which is just this like insane fucking movie where like you know you've got um, once again uh, Joshua Burge who is like he's like Petroikis's like fucking chaplain mm. you know like he 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 puts him through such yeah. fucked up shit and he he's got such an expressive face he looks so good he's so good he... in movies and like. And, and and he has to eat disgusting things oh. all the time. It's so but like relaxer is like this dude's trying to like crack this world record like on I think Pac-Man. I I can't remember what it was specifically. Yeah, it is Pac-Man. So he's trying to beat Pac-Man. So he's just st- staying on his couch in his room <laughs> trying to beat Pac-Man. It's like the world's like base like it's basically the apocalypse happening. Yeah. It's like it's so good. It's the exact like amalgamation of what we're getting out of his other films, which is just this like failure to face like the reality of like the modern world and like fucking joshua burge's character in buzzard is just this guy who like does really petty scams like that's his the whole movie is this story about this dude who just kind of like lies and cheats his way through the like smallest little scams that he knows he can kind of get away with and then thinks he can't get away with them and then ends up getting away with them yeah and it's like the reason the movie works so well is because he's like so fucking like weird and pathetic the whole movie and you're just like like the banker puts the best in and he's like I've seen people come in here doing this for like 200 bucks but $90 $90 yeah no it, it is it, well and it's that thing that we were talking about about like transgression for transgression's sake where you just you want to do something that's going to make you feel like the bounds on you are a little bit broken. Uh, and so, like, like he has a job. He's fine, hypothetically. Like, he has his own place at the beginning of the movie. Like, he's doing okay, purportedly. But it's just that, it's that thrill of the, of the freedom, of the yeah, chase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, he goes off on an adventure because his life is fucking agony. Yeah. Like, he, he, he heats up frozen pizzas every day. And that's all he eats is frozen pizzas covered in ranch and corn chips. And then he uh, goes to like the worst job, which is your job. Which is very similar to the job that I have. 
<laughs> and and it's like it's like yeah use the phone book call these people like it's, yeah. so, it's so meaningless yeah it's so it's yeah. so fucking meaningless yeah. and then um he he rebels yeah. in these ways and i think one of the best scenes in the movie is when he gets ripped off by this convenience store clerk yeah. for five dollars this yeah. clerk rips him off for five dollars and he's using gets... this extremely like uh, like elaborate line that like i was like when we were watching it i was like did i hear him right like he's I'm gonna take this and then I'll, I'll I'll remove this and you can hold this for me. But then this has to get removed and you actually owe the store a few dollars now. But here you go. Here's your change. Yeah, it's so good. And then and then fucking like like I think his character's name is Martin. Um, is so fucking mad about. Yeah. He's like, you ripped me off. Yeah. That was my last five dollars. No, and it, the whole thing is just this portrait of America as a series of small, small games on each other, where everyone is just like, everyone has their grift, everyone has their little thing, like scheme that they're trying to pull. It's just a question of like, uh, uh, of of like, you know, what scale are they operating on, and like how competent are they well and like <laughs> and, this is... and one of the best things is mm. like throughout the movie marty encounters like i would say more than 50 percent of people are fine to let him get away with this yeah thing. like yeah. mo like it really just separates there's like people who are dicks and yeah. people who are cool yeah and that's like really the, that, that's very reminiscent of the world we live in yeah. like i've pulled a lot of scams in my life this is th this movie is very like me core i've done a lot of shit like this um, not, yeah, not the, anymore, the, the, but back in the day, I still do shit like this, honestly, <laughs> but like, it's, it's really funny because it's like, yeah, like most people shouldn't give a fuck yeah because it's really petty scam and, most... and you should be able to get away with it yeah like the the bank teller at the beginning being like oh you should just do this at the atm like it, you can absolutely get away with this few bucks at a time like it's well, not a big and, deal and under the the best is the opening scene of the movie where he closes his checking account and then goes i'd like to <laughs> set up a new checking account and the dude's like yeah. the dude's like mm. over 50 like it's 50, 50 bucks, bucks. And, and he's like yes i have the time like yeah. he's like he's like you don't get I've been it out of work for three hours yeah everyone knows yeah and he gets back he's like oh no i've been gone for like more like three hours and i was like no way you were gone for three hours. like yeah. it's like he, <laughs> everything is so meaningless that there are no consequences there's no consequence but he even kills a guy at the end and there are no consequences yeah, yeah. Because by that point, he's become empowered. He's yeah. built the glove. <laughs> Who can stop him? They're going to get slashed next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's so good. Uh, like, it, it's so good that it's like everything in, in, in our modern world <laughs> is so pointless yeah. that he can get away with anything. And that's kind of the fun <laughs> thing with the movies. He kind of figures that out. Is like, and it goes so, no consequences. Go, it goes so deep into that ironic nihilism that it comes back out to hedonism nihilism by the end well and, and and the fucking shot of him running yeah it, 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 it that's like one of the perfect pairings between these two movies they both have that fucking like explosive like yeah. you've got like the amazing pounding music on the soundtrack yeah and you've got this like these great tracking shots yes uh, well and uh this was when i said there's the two halves of the pinocchio story like pinocchio 964 is very much the becoming a real boy end of it and this is very much like the 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 corruption end of it of like 
being so stupid and being so useless that everyone can take advantage of you all the time and becoming an unwitting tool of a bunch of shit that you don't intend to be part of. Yeah, um, but, but like, he's taking advantage of the system yeah. also on Buzzard, right? Yeah. And I think that that's, like, the, like he, you know, the Pinocchio thing, he's lying his way through yeah. the whole thing. I mean, it's really funny because, like, sex doesn't come up at all no. in this movie. No. He's too much of a man-child to, like, care about sex. What? I have a read. Um, okay. the, the Nightmare 2 poster is, like, so clearly put up. I think it was first. Nightmare 3. It's Nightmare 2. Was it really? It's Nightmare 2, bestie. The, the, in the kitchen, he has actually a Nightmare 3 poster in the bedroom oh, as okay. well. In the kitchen, and it's like when he's talking to his mom on the phone in the kitchen, it's like long, lingering, wide shot where it's him, Nightmare 2, for like a long time. I think, I think this is feeding a gay read. I, I honestly think that this is like, there's like a repressed homoeroticism. So between happening. Marty and Derek, between there's something Marty going and Derek. on. Which yeah. is funny because it's, they're um, played by Josh and Joel. Which is like, and they've been making movies together forever. Oh yeah. That's like so good. Yeah, that it's like, this is the only bond in their life. Yeah. And instead of making something like meaningful out of it, they just fucking bang up against each other and much like nightmare 2 much like nightmare 2 the repressed homosexuality becomes violent and it becomes freddy krueger specifically freddy krueger doing razor globe yeah and it's actually (laughs) really funny because because one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh marty is like got fucking um derek in a headlock and it's like they're like writhing around on the floor and like yeah there's something oddly sexual about it actually when we now that you bring that up yeah yeah so this is once again we're we're, we're, it's a movie about repressed like it's a movie yeah it's a movie uh, about getting failure. too yeah getting too horny and not being able to do anything and about you it you know what there like, is something inherently kind of like yeah like there is something inherently like kink about pulling small scams please continue okay so like <laughs> Like you know, there's there's something about like like especially women where like shoplifting and doing shit like that is like very sexually stimulating, at least from my experience. Um, So I feel like you could you could read in like that anti-establishment like action does have some sort of sexual connotation as well. Oh yeah, I mean it's well it's the same kind of (coughs) that thing that we've been talking about of that like thrill of liberation is. Like that's that's libidinal in like right down to the right down to the core of it for sure, for sure that that desire to break from the bonds. Yeah, exactly, and and I mean you know like all great movies about sex, his scams end up erupting in violence. Yeah, and like yeah. I think that that's like yeah. the thing, and and. Uh, my God is ever satisfied when he kills that banker. Oh yeah, it is so good. Oh yeah, that guy's the worst guy in the world. It, they they play it so well too, where he's like starting out like flipping the chair around, being like, "Let's rap." He's like so <laughs> genuinely nice. Yeah. And then like the like layers start coming off, where first he starts being like a little defensive, and then a little bit like sarcastic and then a little mean and then he starts just beating the shit out <laughs> yeah and then i just love like it's like this pathetic mm. move which he does like yeah. also in the hotel where it's like he's being like like you know like marty's like having the sort of like facade he's been building start yeah. to cave in so he just like 
He huddles into his backpack, puts the glove on, turns around, and people are like, whoa, okay, dude. <laughs> and it's, like, really good because it's, like, it, it is this reaction to, like, an insane world where, like, he's, like, he's, like, just the act of putting the glove on makes everyone go, like, oh, this guy is so crazy. I'm just gonna, like, let him get out of here. Yeah, this is just so, like, visually intense <laughs> Yeah, to see this guy wearing a power glove with a Freddy Krueger knife stuck to it. But, like... Yeah, that people just flee from him. Well, and also the impulse to build the power glove is is that the first scene of the movie, he's like, use the power glove and it doesn't work. So he fucking smashes it. (laughs) And then he builds the Freddy Krueger glove out of it. It's like, it's so good. Yeah, he's robbed. He's yet again robbed of his libidinal outlet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And one of the best scenes in the movie is when he gets to Derek's house for the first time. And he's like, I want the whole couch. So Derek leaves. And then he pulls out his own. Like Derek takes the controller away. And then he's like, I got my own controller and starts playing. He told me to bring my own controller to the party zone and I did. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. And and like this idea of like the whole first half of the movie building up this like Derek's party zone as like this like, (laughs) like this like very like sacred space. And then they get into it and like this scene when Derek like introduces the party zone is so fucking embarrassing. Like it's like one of the best cringe moments in the film where it's just, it's just a shitty basement. Like there's nothing done to it other than like a disco light. Disco light. He's like a disco light yeah. and a mini fridge. Yeah. And a toaster oven. <laughs> and also the fact that like Marty's character can't even use a toaster oven. Like yeah. nothing oh, he yeah. cooks comes out. Like he yeah. doesn't cook anything like right. Everything's like raw. <laughs> no, and and I love that like his big his big heist success moment is going to that hotel and eating that disgusting spaghetti just so nastily. And he does it once. And he's, like, so smug and satisfied with himself. Then the next night, he's like, I've got nowhere to go. And goes to a shittier motel. Eats shittier spaghetti. Yeah, he's eating, like, the chef. And and you spend so long hanging on him with the spaghetti that it just, it's, like, exhausting and disgusting. But it's a triumphant moment. But it's a triumphant moment He's, like, just stuffing it in his face and he's so happy. And you're just, like, (laughs) and, and, and I was just watching it just going, like, okay 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 like you kind of get bored and then it's just so like such a uh, such a great punchline to just do it again but worse <laughs> immediately afterwards and hang on it for almost as long and, and it, it's, it's a real like scenes happen so close together yeah because it, it really is this like whatever joy he has is so short-lived yeah. like it's like yeah. nothing nothing is lasting yeah. you're gonna find a little place where you can hide away from the worries of the world and then you're gonna have that for one day you're gonna get to sort of simulate it again the next day and then you're back on the fucking street and also like how weird is it how many like why is it that every underground movie always has to have the scene where like you go to the like warehouse show yeah. Like, because there's just one scene where oh, he goes yeah, to the, yeah. like, fucking... To, to Dopehead and Zaloopers. Yeah. I was like, yeah. When they when they came up in the credits, they're so far off in the background that I had no idea, like, whose music that was. But, like, so cool that they were in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it is actually very, like, interesting because we've talked... We talked in our August mm-hmm. Underground episode about this. Yeah. But this idea of, like, the sort of, like, subcultural warehouse show yeah. as, like 
being this space where you can have the meeting between the like pure like violent outsider yeah. and then like this sort of like subcultural norm of like yeah. like where it's like oh it's like this like kind of like amalgamating place where like you can connect all the outsiders and like there's just different degrees to which people are crazy yeah and it's this organizing <coughs> point where yeah where everybody who's fucked up kind of like centers for for like that's that's the big event that's the big like you know cathartic thing that you all get together for i mean also like when you're making work about like outsiders and freaks like diy musicians do be the 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 freakiest yeah, and most disgusting. marginalized of artists you're disgusting the 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 it, it really do be like the you know at least as a as a filmmaker there's a distant potential of money diy music you're just you're doing it for the love exactly you're doing it at cost and, forever. and i also think that for an underground filmmaker it's really good production value that won't cost you a dime that will not cost anything because we are so fucking desperate <laughs> Hmm. think about the exposure ifa you're welcome be in my movie you're welcome yeah you're you're gonna yeah. get down on your knees and thank me for the opportunity yeah, <laughs> yeah. i got added today to a to a, to a meme page that's like focused on dime square filmmakers okay i was like oh yeah i'm uh, what where did i go wrong <laughs> <laughs> that was a good jump scare for my day today <laughs> should we talk oh, about the oscars should... again um yeah 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 let's talk about the oscars again um the uh yeah i don't like everything everywhere anymore um really no i i don't know i'm just I'm, everybody <laughs> oh, was flip-flopping that's the deal. um <sighs> uh overlaps overlaps oh you know what i'll say is i know that we have a big uh new york base listening yeah. so i'm just gonna shell my our, our our dear friend avalon fast has her movie playing at the spectacle on oh, april yeah. 13th in new york so you should go and see it um if if everything in my life goes according to kaikaku this week then i'm gonna be there doing the q a but we'll see what happens but you should go see the movie regardless yeah but yeah okay let's let's do our comparison points between the two movies yeah that i'm what, shelling what, my friends work what's yes what is the programming concept this evening? This beautiful <laughs> evening that we're having. This well, lovely I mean, late at night. The, the thing that I remember most vividly about these two movies is the the running down the street scenes. Yes. So there was definitely like a visual comparison. That's the point. obvious parallel. But like yeah. when when I talked about like the the double Pinocchio <clears throat> narratives, you've got yeah. like the the dude lying who's further and further corrupted <clears throat> through yeah. like this journey on one end. And then, as we were discussing earlier, like, the other Pinocchio story is more than, like, becoming real boy stories. So there's yeah. definitely, like, a degree to which I was, like, relating those two characters. Yeah. And I, I think more than anything, um, it's, it's just this idea of both movies kind of embrace this underground mentality of let's just go out in the real world and shoot something crazy. Yeah. And a lot of Buzzard is, is, is you know, obviously, like, staged in, like, you know, like locations where joel had access to and like yeah. was able to like actually like make the movie but it still has those moments that are like walking around outside with yeah. a fucking freddy krueger glove yeah with people looking at you like you're crazy <laughs> <coughs> so we've got public humiliation 
got the Pinocchio story. We've got the Freedom Run. I would add the 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 sexual failure. Just yeah, as sexual always. failure is is just a, is a running theme in everything we're gonna talk about. Yeah, um, especially for modern underground movies. Yeah. I think a lot of them are about sexual failure. Yeah, and you know, I we could go on and on about like relating that to everything. And and I think at the end of this like loose like season of like modern undergrounds, we're yeah. gonna like probably do something where we talk about everything in conversation with each other mm. like we've kind of been doing week to week yeah um but i think that is one of like like the, the whole idea of the underground movie is like a response to the fact that you don't have money yeah so you're not making something in the system like like it's yeah. so far removed from the system it's diy yeah. right so what are you reckoning with as a diy filmmaker well it's the fact that you're a fucking loser. Yeah. Like, I'm a fucking loser. So when I make a movie, it's going to be about me trying to process the fact that I'm a fucking loser. Yeah. And, I mean, all these failures are fucking great filmmakers. But, like, they're, they're responding to that certain, yeah. like, feeling of, like, failure. Because you couldn't fit into the normal system. You're too crazy. So how do you reckon with that and make something that is, like, this explosion of, like, your own ego? Yeah. And, like, that's definitely what you're fitting into with, like, all of these films that we're exploring is people who are exploring their most, like, degenerate impulses on camera. Like, I mean, Buzzard is a movie about a dude who has a shitty life who gets to kill a guy yeah. and get away with it. Like, yeah. it's it, it, all of these movies are some degree of wish fulfillment um, from, like, a really gross, like, place. <laughs> like, it's wish fulfillment for sickos. Yeah. And and I love that about yeah. these types of movies. Or Or, like... If not wish fulfillment, then it's a way of like humiliating someone specific, <laughs> like like your brother, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like a passive revenge against your enemies, as all yeah. great literature. So I mean, like I, I I really do feel like every like I could pair any two underground movies, and we'd be able to have a conversation about them in comparison to each other because all of them explore these similar impulses behind their creation. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, I'm excited to see what we come up with for next week. I mean, like, full disclosure, we, we, we actually, over our hiatus, like, had a lot of attempts at recording episodes. Yes. Um, where, like, honestly, it's just, like, these movies are all, like, so interesting, but, like, you're not always going to have material to talk yeah. about. So... You're not always going to have material to talk about, nor do we want to, like, formalize the pod too hard yeah. the pod is for us the pod yeah. is a pleasure cruise i feel um, bad because i had i had a really good idea oh yeah we're gonna do force femme week next week hell yeah so hell I, we're gonna yeah. do two force femme movies next week hell so look yeah. forward to that it's gonna be truly disgusting um and hot and awesome because you know yeah they're for me yeah um love you all love you all